Welcome to the Cybersecurity Simplified Podcast, where we take the mystery out of today's top security threats and solutions. With SolarWinds Colonial Pipeline and a rash of other alarming breaches, it is no surprise that cybersecurity regulation is ramping up. In May, President Biden signed an executive order improving the nation's cybersecurity. And now there are more than 130 bills making their way through Congress. That's only taking into account what's going on at the federal level. States are also getting in on the action. In this episode of Cybersecurity Simplified, we'll discuss how some of these rules will impact your cybersecurity strategies. Hi there, I'm your co-host, Susanna Song. And I'm Dave Barton. Well, David, we aren't here to discuss, of course, all 100 bills because we would be here all day. And our, our listeners just don't want that. <laughs> right. But what, what I want to know, David, is how do we get to this point? Because really, these bills are not just impacting federal contractors and vendors, but also uh, these cybersecurity bills are now uh, impacting electric utility to communications infrastructure. NIST is getting involved. What, what will this mean for businesses? So I think the first part of your question is really one of, it's an outcome of an activity. And that activity was a colonial pipeline issue, yep. right? We, this was probably, you know, that was shortly followed by the, um, the ransomware where they were um, at the meat, meat processing, the meat, right. The meat processing. Yep. And so in the U.S., we, we had seen ransomware, and it was more targeted um, around non-critical infrastructure and non-critical services. Still important, don't get me wrong, right? Hospitals, super critical, but you didn't have the entire East Coast without gas, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, one of our folks in, in North Carolina had to drive, or South Carolina, had to drive an hour to get gas because because the colonial pipeline we we hadn't seen the impact on our nation like we did with those two events right solar winds was another one that that those those three are probably watershed moments that is driving regulate um driving legislation mm -hmm. that it to your point is running through the house and the senate right now um Interestingly enough, we we really are just starting to catch up to Europe in terms of regulatory pressures on cybersecurity. So I, I've been expecting this, Susanna, for a while. Um, in our world, in the U.S., it just took a little bit more push to get us over the hump versus our, our, our brethren in Europe who said, you know what, we we see the problem. We know we need to we need to add more regulation behind it. Let's go ahead and do that. So, and, and to your point, right? There have been states in the U.S. that have been chasing regulation. You got the, the Shield Act in New York. You've got um, California Consumer CCPA in California, and there's a handful of other ones who were trying to enact legislation around cybersecurity. But now you've got federal requirements that are going to say if you do x percent of your revenue as a direct supplier mm -hmm. or a subcontractor to a direct supplier of the government thou shalt do these things right so i think that's you know the first question was 
why. And I think, I think that's why, mm-hmm. I think that's why we, we are where we are, but the bigger picture is what does that mean? Right. And, and I think what you're going to see is this legislation at a federal level is going to drive local and state changes as well. It's going to be interesting. Um, you know, we've we've been talking about this in the cybersecurity world for a long time. How do we how do we share data? How do we um, make us more effective as a company and as a as a, as a state as a country? And if you if you look at the Biden bill and you look at some of the the, the bills that are coming through around cybersecurity, there's a lot of conversation around disclosure. Right, disclosure of data, disclosure of attack vectors, disclosure of breach information. Yeah, one proposed bill is around incident reporting. That right. received a lot of attention. Uh, the bill would it, require critical infrastructure operators to report cyber incidents on their networks to CISA, uh, which that's stands right. for Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, because historically. And I get it. Historically, organizations wanted to hide the breach because of bad exposure. But really, this these bills would promote sharing of threat intelligence, right, to help society so, in general. Uh, on the surface, I think those are great ideas. They're mm-hmm. very altruistic. But in practice, you've got p- public companies who are being held or being asked or forced to disclose data that they may not want to share, right? What's the line between capitalism and, 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 you know, the good of the country. So there's, there's going to be some of that conversation still to come. Um, uh, On the flip side, you know, there was some conversation around, I forget which ransomware it was where the FBI had the keys, but didn't tell people they had the keys to decrypt the data. Mm. So on one hand, they want us as as public companies or non-government companies to disclose more, but they've got this data set that they get that they're not going to share. Now, I I understand there's a huge difference between classified and unclassified data. I get that. And I get protecting the nation and, and all of those conversations. But at the end of the day, if there's an attack that they see, let's say it's an attack in a classified network, doesn't make the attack classified, right? The the methods and methodologies they're using to break into a classified network are no different than the ones they're using to break into Colonial Pipeline. So why not open the kimono fully? Mm-hmm. If the government expects us to say, oh, right, here's all of our stuff, and then not give us anything back, there's going to be a lot of pushback, pushback, yeah, right, especially in those organizations that don't get government subsidies are or are not suppliers or subcontractors to government contracts. They're going to say, "Yeah, you can't force me. I'm not doing it." Right. I'm a private company. What's right? What's the benefit for me? Well, and is what's the benefit to my shareholders mm-hmm. if you're public? Right. The other thing that's interesting is there's some some definitions of what a breach is, for example, right? Some people say 
a breach is somebody got in and stole all your stuff. And I would argue that's probably a, a good definition. Other people would say, well, you know, Johnny sent an email and it had sensitive data. Is that a breach? Others would say if it has private or a PII, right? What Personally identifiable information. Okay. I always try to define my acronyms. <laughs> if it's got that included, social, date of birth, some of that stuff, and it gets out, that's a breach. Um, or was that just a disclosure conversation? So there's this, the challenge is going to be in how we define what a breach is. And how we define that breach also determines how we respond to that breach. So if, if somebody gets an email that they shouldn't have got, and it's got nothing in it that's of value, no PII, no credit card data, none of that, do I have a, dis, a, a responsibility to disclose that data or disclose that somebody got access to some file they shouldn't have? Or, and, and this is where some of the challenge is going to be, Susanna, those bills that are, that are working their way through uh, Congress today have different definitions in them as well. And they're defining the same thing, but differently. And it, it's, it's just a mess. There's, there's no cohesive approach to it right now. And again, back to disclosure, shareholders, you know, they, they have an expectation that you're doing your best to protect data. And if this definition over here says sharing of data that was unintended is a breach, and now you have to notify everybody, it just becomes really murky, mm -hmm. right? So breach notification has been a hot topic forever, and I don't think that it's ready to be solved. And so I, I honestly think you're gonna see a lot of pushback from uh, corporations who say, hold on, we're not ready to say this is what we agree with yet. Um, and so, therefore, all the lobbies, lobbyists and, and the folks who are trying to influence those bills, are it's going to come out. I, I do think we need more investment, and I think that investment is going to drive regulations, and I think regulations are going to help in general, but we just have to be careful, right? It's that whole measure twice, cut once versus let's cut here, let's cut here, let's cut here, continue to cut and never get it right. What do you mean by investment? Government, so, like resources, legislators, attention. Can you so that investment, if, if you look at the Biden bill, it, it has a, a commitment from uh, the government. It has uh, Microsoft stepped up, said we're going to spend this much on cybersecurity and everyone else is saying all this, mm -hmm. you know, all the big the big boys that were invited, there were what fifteen giant companies who who had a seat at the table, and they're saying we're going to invest, we're going to invest, we're going to invest. That that is going to trickle down to all the suppliers. So, and that investment at the government level is going to trickle down to all of the the contractors and the subcontractors as well. So, there's going to be an investment in technology, in people, in process. Um, so that that is coming. The the again, the challenge is still going to be 
if there's strings tied to that investment, is the commercial world or the non-government world going to take it, right? Because they may not want it. Right. Um, and, and there's still just not a clear definition of what the accountabilities look like. Well, so how do you prevent these bills once they become, when, once they're passed, how do you prevent these from just becoming, let me check the box versus an authentic buy-in of these mandates or bills? So I think, I think, I, I don't know how we get around that right now. We, we, you know, we see that today with HIPAA and PCI, those are all regulatory pressure kind of frameworks, right? NIST is a framework. Mm -hmm. And so people will do 10 things because compliance doesn't have to, right? Whether it's banking compliance or healthcare compliance or whatever, doesn't necessarily make them more secure, right? Right. Compliance, and, and, and we hear this all the time, compliance does not equal secure, mm -hmm. right? I could be compliant to policy and still have vulnerabilities and not have a program and not have um, a framework and, and repetitive process and defense in depth and all those other things that we've been talking about for a while. So it, there's there's a good chance that it becomes a check the box. Mm -hmm. But I also hope that as they are as this legislation is working its way through, that there's some oversight to it, meaning here's what you need to do. Here's a mechanism to validate you're getting there, mm -hmm. right? Versus here's a bunch of requirements, go do them. And tell me when you're done. I'm assuming that the bills, uh, these regulatory compliance bills, will enforce businesses then to enhance their security posture. And it's all kind of built in, almost like Well, so I'd love to say I think that's true, but part of me says I don't I don't know that it can be unless there's financial incentive behind it. Because yeah. you know, again, we're we're still we're still dealing with private and public companies mm -hmm. that may or may not want to participate. It, it's a capitalistic society. They, how do they mandate? You know, I, I, I get it. You got the EPA and they're setting environmental protection agency. Okay, fine. So, you know, this company pollutes the water, they pay a fine. Okay, fine. Are they going to start to do that in the cyberspace? I don't know how else they can. Mm -hmm. And the other side of that coin, and this is a really interesting topic, just the whole legislation and cybersecurity. The other side of the coin is if I don't disclose that I had a problem, how are you going to find me? Because now do I have to put your stuff in my network to tell if something bad has happened? That's not going to happen either. So I love the idea. I'm just not sure it's practical. Seems like there's a lot, a lot to this. It could open. Oh, yeah. Pandora's there's box. so much to it. That's exactly right. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to revisit this discussion, especially as we see bills passed and see how the government uh, lives up to, to Biden's executive order. Um, so we, yeah, let's continue this conversation, David, um, but we've yep. run out of time. 
So if you out there listening and watching, if you have questions, if you want us to hit on any specific bills, uh, please reach out, marketing at highwirenetworks.com or overwatch at highwirenetworks.com. And be sure to join us for our next episode, Ask an MSP, what's the best security strategy, build or buy? Until next time, I'm Susanna Song. And I'm David Barton. And this is Cybersecurity Simplified. From all of us here at Overwatch by Highwire Networks, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time on the Cybersecurity Simplified podcast. To learn more, visit us at highwirenetworks.com slash podcast.